This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. Today's episode 39, we're going to be talking about preparing your taxes. Now, if that doesn't sound fun to you, you're crazy. <laughs> I, you know, when you, we, we, Craig and I were texting a, a little bit back and forth about coordinating the time to do this recording. And then one of uh, Craig's ta- uh, texts back to me said this should be, you know, something along the lines of this is going to be an exciting, I, fun, I said, or interesting topic. I said, that's a great topic. Uh, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think I've ever really heard anybody <laughs> refer to taxes as a great topic. Chris, apparently you received that and, and read sarcasm. In that there was no sarcasm. You never, I mean, you never use sarcasm, Craig. I mean, why would I possibly think something? That is technically true. Uh, Yeah, I'm never sarcastic. Okay. Sorry, we're already way off base. What a start to an episode. Okay. So today we're talking about taxes. I am Craig, and over there, Chris has already made his presence known. And uh, we hope you will visit us on Facebook, find Holland Assets there, and go to hollandassetsllc.com for full show notes, links, everything you want to know from every episode. There's going to be some pretty good information in this one, I think, if, especially if you are new to owning your own trucking company. Uh, there's going to be stuff in here that's... We're going to hit some of the basics, right, Chris? Uh, probably not diving too deep into the minutiae of, you know, preparing taxes and whatnot, but kind of the basics of what people need to know to get the process started. Yep. Basically just what do you need to provide to your accountant? We'll talk a little bit about some of that kind of stuff and then maybe some questions that you might want to ask your accountant so that you, you know, are educated, sound educated and kind of point them in the right direction. You know, it's important that um, you you do have a basic understanding of taxes because that'll... That'll help your accountant point you in the right direction, get you going the way that you're supposed to, and help you out a little bit. You know, you, you can't just rely 100% on your accountant to be able to, to take care of everything. To take care of everything, yeah, because you, yeah. you've got to be able to provide some intelligence and some information to them to really set them up so that they can get you the best or provide you the best service that they possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So before we get to that, Chris, uh, anything you want to share from the road lately? How are things going out there? Um, it's it's been it's been pretty pretty good. I, I got to do something really cool. One of the one of my favorite things about driving a truck is being able to travel all across the country. And I had a route um, just a couple of weeks ago that actually took me within a mile of my, one of my childhood homes. I think oh, I nice. said on, on the air before that my dad was in the army. So I kind of grew up all over the place. Well, he taught ROTC at the university of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Wow. And so we lived kind of in the, out in the boonies in, in Oshkosh and there's a truck stop literally a mile from our old house. And uh, I stopped there and um, went and went and saw the old house, which has been torn down. Oh yeah, it's not even there. It was old when we lived in it. You know, almost thirty years ago. Okay, and uh, so yeah, it's been torn down. But you know, I, I went by my friend's house. I went uh, to the elementary school that I went to, and that closed like twelve years ago, and is now um, it's being used by an elect an electrical contractor. Of course. Yeah, a school naturally. electrical contract. It was a small school. It only had like 100 students in it. Yeah, okay. Again, it was out in the middle of nowhere in Oshkosh. Well, still, that's, it's always fun to take a little trip down memory lane. So it glad was, you it got to do cool. that. You know, you know what else happened while I was there? I, Wisconsin people are hardy people. 
You don't say. I, they are very hardy people. It got down. I forgot how cold it gets there. It got down to negative 10 one night while I was there. <laughs> You're like, cold enough, you don't dare shut the truck off. Exactly. You keep it running. And man, that negative 10 is just, that's a whole nother level of cold. That's a, uh, that's a, a turn your fuel to jelly kind of cold, yeah, right? Yeah, let's put the additives in and keep the truck running. And yeah, cold, cold. Goodness. All right. Well, glad you made it out okay and we don't have any more horror stories that hit the savings account or whatever no it was uh made it out safe just a little uh higher fuel cost maybe a little higher fuel cost and uh cold well let's talk about taxes chris so taxes and, and the reason i said i as i said this i was not sarcastic this is a great topic because we've talked about a lot of things that are going to be important to uh, somebody in this industry especially somebody just getting started but maybe also somebody who just feels like they haven't quite got their feet under them with in in this topic and so i feel like this is really valuable even if it's not the most fun thing to talk about it's valuable stuff and so i was serious this is a great topic and i'm excited to get started on it no you're on, you're on point with that it's definitely not the most sexy subject in the world but it is something that's incredibly important i mean you hear all the time that uh you know, guys get in trouble that own a small businesses with, you know, not paying their taxes or not doing their taxes right. And I can't tell you how many times, I mean, in, in uh, my factoring company, you know, we have to do searches as we bring new clients on and just make sure they don't have any tax issues. And, and it, it boggles my mind how many people have a, a lien from the federal government because the, uh, somebody hasn't paid taxes. It's, it's more common than you would think. And hopefully, you know, through this episode and talking about this in, you know, past episodes and future episodes will kind of help guys get set up for success so that, um, they, they pay their taxes on time. They withhold a little bit of money for taxes and, and, and they, they do it. And that's really what it kind of boils down to. Okay. Well, let's start kind of with the uh, big picture stuff. Your whole philosophy is the, the one bite at a time, right? And so explain to me what you how you look at things in that way taxes and this is this is more true with taxes than about anything else out there it's like eating an elephant you've got to do it one bite at a time you you can't sit down in one sitting and just eat a whole elephant you know it it takes time you know it's it's (laughs) love how with such a straight face you're using this analogy uh, so sorry i really have that visual in my head now it's you know an elephant's even a baby elephant's a lot of meat oh dear heavens we're eating baby baby elephants on the podcast okay all right so taxes. Yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> Got to get my brain back into this now. Yeah, it's just not one of those things that you can just do all at once. It's not like you can say April 14th, hey, I'm going to do my taxes. This is something that takes a lot of time. And and so ideally what you've been doing is over the year that you were in business, you've been staying up on your accounting system, entering your expenses, entering your revenue. And as long as you've been staying current on all that stuff, Preparing your taxes is really not too hard to do. You can do it fairly quickly. If you haven't it's been doing one, that stuff. It's just one more step, one more bite. It's just one more bite, yeah. So if you've, you're, you've been making all those little bites throughout the year, entering all your expenses in, um, entering your revenue in, and you, you won't have a problem when it comes time to, to do your taxes. But if you haven't been doing in that stuff and, and you just expect to show up at the doorstep of your accountant with a shoebox full of receipts, you're going to be in big trouble because your accountant one is probably too busy to do that. And even if they do decide they want to do it or are going to help you out with that, they're going to charge you an 
arm and a leg because this is their busy season. They they don't want to be spending time, you know, doing kind of the back end bookkeeping work for you. They just want to get the information from you and prepare your taxes, and then move on to their next client. So it's just it's imperative that you stay on top of this stuff. Do that stuff yourself. Don't pay an accountant to do it. They charge a bajillion dollars an hour. And you're just way better off doing that stuff on your own. And it's really not that hard to do. You just get a good accounting system, you know, like the QuickBooks and the um, Wave. And I mean, there's a, a bunch of systems out there that you can do it. They're not very expensive. Use that. And when it comes time to prepare your tax, like if you, I use QuickBooks online and you can give your accountant a login, they can go in and just do everything from there. It's right. easy. So as you're you're talking about going through the entire year, you're entering your expenses, you're keeping up on your accounting. Uh, is this something that should be a daily pursuit? Uh, you know, but part of your daily routine is popping into your accounting software, or would you say it's not maybe not daily, but weekly or monthly? I, I, so I think at a minimum you need to do it monthly. Okay. Um, I like to do mine. I, I like to get into the system a couple times a week. And with QuickBooks Online, for example, you can set it up so your bank imports all the transactions right into your um, QuickBooks system. And so all you're really, for the most part, doing is just approving a transaction so it enters in. You're, you're maybe categorizing it into the right expense or revenue category. You know, some of them get a little bit more complicated. So you, you take, for example, your truck payment. Your truck payment comes in. Part of that truck payment goes to the interest expense. Part of it goes to the principal on the loan. You, you kind of have to know how to enter that stuff in. It's, it's not super complicated. It's just, you know, knowing a few steps and, and doing that. And, you know, if you do that two or three times a week, it's usually a couple minutes each time. And then, you know, every month you just kind of reconcile it against your checking account and boom, you're done and it's easy. All right. Very good. All right. So, and you said under no circumstances, do you let somebody else do this because it's going to be too expensive? Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's smart to have an accountant do your bookkeeping. You want your accountant to do the high level stuff because they're going to charge you, you know, most accountants are probably getting one to 200 bucks an hour. To, to do the work. And you don't want a guy like that doing data entry, entering receipts in, cause they're just going to, it's going to charge you an arm and a leg. You need right. to, you need to have that minimum level of competency. There's QuickBooks classes you can take. That'll teach you how to do that. Easy to do. You just have to learn it, 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 but it's, it's not hard to do. Now the level of detail that you have to get into with entering all this stuff, uh, the amount of time that you put into it and also the tax date, right? This is all going to depend on the type of tax entity or you know whatever we want to call it, it is a tax yeah, the, entity we, right yeah, whatever yes. you choose there. let's let's kind of go through that again we've talked about this we had an episode near the beginning of the the podcast series where we talked a little bit about taxes and setting up your business and you know you set it up for a legal piece the the protection on the legal side of things and there's also a a category for the taxes so let's talk about those different tax categories again real quick just to kind of give everybody a refresher so the first one the simplest one's a sole proprietor right and um, sole proprietors taxes are done actually as part of your personal tax return but there's a form on it that's called the schedule c and all your business expenses and income are listed out on that schedule c so if you're set up as a single member llc 
and you don't do anything, you don't file any forms to designate a different tax structure, that's what you're going to be taxed as, as a sole proprietor. Okay. So you can have an LLC and still be taxed as a sole proprietor. It There's nothing wrong with that. doesn't cause any kind of issues or problems with, um, with your um, liability protection or anything like that. The only... I mean, the, the downside, I'm not going to go into all the details. Go back and listen to that previous episode. We talk a little bit about that. But the point is, sole proprietor, your taxes are done on your personal tax return, so your personal 1040, the Schedule C that is part of your 1040. Right. The next um, tax form that's pretty common is partnership. That's done on a, on a 1065. If you're a um, multiple-member LLC, so if you've got a partner in your LLC, that's the automatic tax designation for an LLC unless you go and elect a different tax structure, which could be like an S-corporation. That one's the 1120S is the tax form, or a C-corp, which is your 1120. So those are the different um, kind of main, most common tax entities. And again, go back into that previous episode. I should have looked up what episode it was. I think it's like around number three or four. Maybe we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, that, that would that's a good idea. Um, in there, it's uh, um, go back and listen to that episode. We go through all that in a lot more detail. Cool. All right. And uh, there are differences in, you said, the forms involved. Uh, but are there any differences in the level of detail needed as far as, oh, you got to keep all your receipts for this one or on this one, it doesn't matter so much. It's really the same in all those tax entities. You know, what you have to save, the information that you provide is really for the most part. I mean, there's some nuances and differences and that's really, that's where your accountant comes in and takes care of all that stuff. Um, but for the, the, the meat and potatoes of all of them are the same. Okay. You're just, you're basically tracking all your revenue, all your expenses, your depreciation on your assets and you know some of that other stuff and that's for the most part the same no matter what type of entity that you've got and a business tax return is due on a different date than personal tax returns right yes so business tax returns are due earlier they're due the 15th of march where your personal tax return returns are due the 15th of april so if you're a sole proprietor you're doing it on your personal tax returns or if you're taxed as a sole proprietor you still don't have to have your even your business tax returns done and until you do your personal tax because it's all done on the same you know in, in the same filing um 15th of april but if you're a partnership or a s corp or a c corp all those are supposed to be done by the 15th of march you can get extensions to file but that doesn't negate the need to pay the taxes on time right you still have to pay by the 15th and how do you pay taxes on the 15th when you haven't filed and you don't know how much you owe, well, you've either been doing your quarterly tax returns. And if you've been staying up on those, um, you should be okay. Or you make an estimated tax payment and hope you don't underestimate. If you overestimate, (laughs) they'll return it back to you. Just like you get kind of a tax refund when you're working for somebody else, you'll get a tax refund. If you you've overestimated, but you don't want to underestimate either. No, definitely You'll get yourself not. in trouble. Okay. So we're ready to file our taxes and uh, we've got, we've got the date dialed in and it's time to go hire an accountant <laughs> to help us out. Make sure we, you know, dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Do you just go out and get whatever? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I, this year I filed that schedule C for a sole proprietorship and I was just on TurboTax, and they said, hey, do you want the small business package? It kind of goes through some more detail. And I said, sure. And it was great. You know, it worked out well for me. Is that simple enough, or do you 
recommend really I, going for the accountant. I, I, in most situations, recommend you go for the accountant because a lot of the times you're not going to get, there's going to be some nuances um, that an accountant's going to be able to help you out with that a, a TurboTax won't, or even like a, you know, some of those kiosks that you see in the mall or some of the <laughs> right. guys that really more focus on personal taxes, not business taxes, just aren't going to keep up on because there, there's different ways to depreciate your vehicles. They're going to, you know, those other guys are, are just trying to churn stuff out, you know, get somebody Going in the door. Volume. Get, yeah. Go through volume. Just get it done really quick. They really don't take a, a good broad view of your taxes and give you, you know, what is really tax advice. Like, is it better to depreciate your truck asset all in one year versus spreading it out over five years? Um, a, a really good account is going to be able to help you out with all that and, and give you some good advice and, and in the long run, help you pay less in taxes. Um, you know, stuff like per diem as well. You know, right. there's, there's a lot of things that a lot of times the turbo taxes or the kiosks aren't going to be able to help you out with. And that's really critical in trucking. Trucking taxes are a little bit more complicated than even most other small businesses because of things like per diem. And you've got a lot of assets where, whereas, you know, a business like you run doesn't have any of that kind of stuff. Right. So it's pretty simple stuff. It's simple. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. All right. So you found the right accountant, hopefully somebody who at least specializes in small business, hopefully in trucking, but uh, you find the best you can. And then what do you need to do with or for them? What do you need to provide? Well, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that you're going to need to provide to them. And one thing that before I get too far into this that I definitely want to emphasize is you've got to give your accountant time. You can't just, again, show up on the 14th of March or April, whenever they're due and just say, Hey, here's my stuff. File it on time. You've got to give them some time to do that. They're super busy this time of year. And if you're not getting your stuff to them in time, it's not going to get done in time. So I, what's, I, what's the earliest you would approach an accountant? You can approach them as early as the first of January. As, as soon as you've kind of closed out your books for the previous year and you can provide them a full profit and loss statement, they should be able to do your taxes. The only issue with that could potentially be is the 1099s that you're supposed to provide to them. The businesses aren't required to get them to you until the 31st of January. Right. Because so, they have to have time to close their books. Yes, exactly. Right. And so I, you know, most guys don't start submitting stuff to accountants until February. I recommend that you get it to them at the very latest by the end of February. That'll give them two weeks to process everything and have have your business returns okay. done in time. But I, but it sounds like you could start shopping around in January and looking around, even if you don't have all the 1099s oh, to absolutely. give them, you, you start looking around until you find somebody you trust. For sure. You should, you should know who you're going to submit your taxes to as soon as possible. Even if you're not ready to get them, get that all figured out. And uh, then once it's time to actually hand them over the information, you're set to go and it'll be a quick process. Okay. And so what else are we taking? You mentioned the 1099. What else do they need from you? So they're also going to need, you know, especially if this is the first time they've done taxes for you, you're going to basically need to provide them all your basic business information. So um, a copy of your EIN document that you would have got from the IRS when you initially set yourself up with them um, and, and ideally provide them the actual document you get back. I think it's called the SS4, if I remember right, is the name of the form. So you're going to want to give them that, um, a copy of your um, articles of organization or articles of incorporation. They're going to need to know if there's more than one owner, how much percentage each owner owns in the company. 
then you know, getting into the meat and potatoes of the actual business, they're going to need a copy of your profit and loss statement, a copy of your balance sheet. Uh, so the profit and loss statement for the entire year and the balance sheet as of the last day of the year. And so you've been keeping P&L and balance sheets every month. We've been talking about those on a monthly basis. The accountant doesn't need the monthly stuff. They just need the finalized they just need the final year-end year end stuff. Yep. Okay, all right. So so you'll want to print them off a P&L that shows from the 1st of January all the way through the 31st of December, and then the balance sheet will show the 31st of December. Gotcha. Okay, anything else? Um, if you've made any big purchases throughout the year, like you've bought a truck or you've bought a trailer, you know, those big kind of equipment purchases, you'll want to provide them a bill of sell of that. Um, so they, they are going to use that to depreciate the asset. And that's, that's a pretty big piece of, uh, of your taxes and your accounting. All right. Very nice. And then you, you mentioned per diem stuff and, and uh, all, all sorts of other trucker stuff that I don't understand. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. what else, what kind of documentation goes into that? So as far as per diem goes, they're going to want to know um, the number of nights that you're on the road away from home. Um, and, and you need to kind of divide that into two categories. The way that I do it is nights were I, the whole from midnight to midnight, I was away from home. And then you've got days where, you maybe you started at home and you picked up a load and headed out of town. That's a half day. Um, same thing, you know, you start out of town, you come in home, deliver your load, drive home all in that same day. That's a half day. So you just need to give them the full days that you're gone and kind of those partial days that you were gone. Gotcha. And what, what does that, uh, how does that affect taxes? Uh, if I can just make a little digression here. No, that's a good question. So per diem and, and every accountant's going to, they may treat this a little bit different. So that's where you need to have a discussion with your accountant to determine if per diem is a good way to pay yourself. But per diem is basically, um, we've talked a little bit about payroll taxes in the past. Yep. Well, one of the nice things about per diem is it's a way that you can pay yourself or you can pay a driver and it's treated more as an expense and a reimburse. So an expense for the company and a reimbursement for the employee. So it, it's basically the per diems covering your lodging expenses, your food expenses because you're away from home. All that stuff's more expensive when you're away from home. So the government allows you to kind of treat that as a reimbursement as an employee. And so you don't have to pay payroll taxes on it. You don't have to pay income taxes on it. And, and it saves you a ton of money in the long run. All right. Very nice. Okay. So you've brought all this to your accountant and the accountant is ready to go. And so now you can what kick back and uh, watch some TV and watch your taxes get done for you. Yeah. Let them, let them do the work. (laughs) There there are a few questions that you should ask. Okay. And we've kind of alluded to actually a lot of these at this point, you know, one of them, you know, should you use per diem as a, as a way to pay yourself and get your accountant's advice on that? Um, another one is depreciation of, of your asset. One of the common questions that, that I get on, um, Holland assets, whether it's through Facebook or somewhere else is they, people say, well, I don't see your truck payment on your P and L. And, and the reason is, is because your truck payment really isn't on your P and L part of it is, um, but not all of it. So your truck payment is like any other kind of loan payment. It's broken into two pieces. So if I pay a thousand dollars a month on my truck payment, a portion of that is is going to pay the interest on the loan. And that's usually going to be something like, let's just to make this simple, say it's $250 a month. Sure. And that's going to change every month because as the loan balance goes down, you pay less and less interest and more and more principal. So the second part is the principal piece. So 
you know, just to simplify it, if $250 is going to interest, $750 going to the principal and paying off the balance of the loan, the only thing that you're going to see on the the P&L statement is that interest expense, because that's a true expense. Mm. You know, the the principal piece that goes towards paying the loan down is not, um, uh, it's not a true expense because you're paying down a loan on an asset that you own. That's already accounted for on that P&L. And, well, or uh, not on your P&L, but your balance, balance sheet. sheet. Yep. Right. So the your every month when you when you recalculate your balance sheet, you're going to see the principal piece of that loan that $750 is going to be re, is going to show as a reduction on the loan balance right. the balance sheet. Okay. Uh, so what are, what are the questions? You said there were a few questions. So we talked about per diem, we talked about uh, depreciation of assets, yeah. assets anything else? Well, with with the depreciation, you just want to ask them which method they want to use because oh, there's, there's several different methods. Like there's one, I, I think it's called the um, one eighty nine something something. I can't remember exactly. Wait, what you're it not is. an accountant? I'm not an accountant. Oh, no, I'm okay. not a tax accountant. <laughs> but it's basically uh, on certain assets, and, and you see this happen with semi trucks all the time. You could depreciate that whole um, asset in one year. So. You know, let, let's say you made $60,000 in income in that year, but you purchased a $60,000 truck. You can actually offset that income. The entirety of your the income. entirety income with that truck. Typically with a truck, you're going to depreciate it over, I think it's five years. So if it's a $60,000 truck, you're going to take a $12,000 a year depreciation spread out over five years. Right. And that'll depreciate the the entire asset and depreciation is an awesome expense because it's a it's a it's not a true expense per se you're not actually paying cash out for it but you get to treat it as an expense so it reduces your tax liability and okay. so you you, you want to make sure that you're depreciating your asset in the best way possible and your account should be able to give you the pros and cons of do i depreciate it all this year do i spread it out over five years you know, what methods should I use and uh, go from there? Okay. All right. And, and uh, you usually, let me, let me say one more thing. Usually you don't want to, especially as a new business, you don't want to depreciate that asset in the first year. And the reason is, is because in that first year, you've got so many other expenses that you don't need to depreciate that heavily because you're not going to have enough. You're not going to show enough income on your books to, warrant taking that full depreciation you know later on down the road you know in years two three and four that become more and more proper profitable you're going to want that you're going to want to be able to use that depreciation expense to offset some of that income yeah okay that makes sense to me um anything else that you want to address with your accountant before things get started um hold their feet to the fire because it <laughs> sounds, sounds awfully mean. You know, it's like, it's a squeaky wheel thing. They get busy this time of year. Ta- you know, account, I could never be a tax accountant because those guys, you know, from, you know, basically the end of January until the 15th of April, they have absolutely no life. I mean, those, most tax accountants are working, you know, 12, 16 hour days, almost that whole period, no days off, just cranking through tax returns. The good ones are, are that way. And so, you want to ask them right up front, how long is this going to take you? And you hold them, hold them to that. You know, yeah. If they say it's going to take me a week, then in a week you start pinging them if you haven't got it back and say, hey, you said this would be done in a week. 
you know, and you know, start being that squeaky wheel, so you, you're sure that it gets uh, filed in time. And if it if it doesn't, you said you know, don't wait till the last minute. Don't give them something on the 14th and hope that it gets done right. But uh, let's say okay, I, I give it to them on March 1st, and they say, yep, I'll have it done by March 15th, no problem, or March 14th, and then they don't deliver. Okay, you're in trouble now. What sort of recourse do you have? What can you do in that kind of situation? That's tough. There's really not a whole lot that you can do. I mean, you can't. I mean, you can not use them again next year. <laughs> sure, I mean, you, that, that's one way that you can do it. But there's there's really as far as with the account, there's not a whole lot you can do. But it's not the end of the world typically because I, I alluded to this earlier or, or said it. You can file an extension. It's actually you can get pretty much no questions asked a six month extension on your taxes. Oh, okay. Whether it's for personal taxes or business taxes, you can get a six month extension. Is that the, on the return itself or on the, the payment? Re- that's on the return itself. It's not on the payment. That's where a lot of people get confused. You still have to make your payment. And and again, this is something you need to talk with your accountant about. But after your first year in business, most of the time you have to start doing quarterly estimated tax payments. And I'm not an accountant, but I think if I remember right, as long as you're making those quarterly estimated tax payments correctly and you file an extension, you've, you've essentially paid your taxes for the year or you've made an estimated tax payment based off the IRS's mm-hmm. rules. And if you've been doing that the way you're supposed to, um, you file an extension. And if you end up owing more than that, even though you file late, I, I think you're okay because you've been doing the estimated payments, but um, if you haven't been doing them or you haven't been doing them correctly, just because you file an extension, it doesn't negate the need to make the payment. At that point, you need to make an estimated tax payment and at, you, you need to make sure you're maybe even paying a little bit more than you think you're going to have to. So, cause if you underpay that, you're going to get penalties and interest and all that kind of stuff you could get yourself into a little bit of trouble. But uh, even if you make an estimated payment on the date that the taxes are due, you can still take that six months to file the actual return. Okay. You just won't get your, you know, if you overpaid it, you won't get your money back until you actually file the return. Right. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, makes sense. I feel like we've kind of gone through the whole process here now from beginning to end. Again, as far as the basics go, we haven't got into the the real nitty gritty of taxes, but Hey, that's what your accountant's for. That's what, that's what the accountant's for. You don't, you don't need to know every little thing there is to know about taxes. You need to know the basics so you can kind of keep your accountant honest and, yep. And uh, make sure you get them the information that you need to, and it's, and it's correct. And then they'll work their magic, their wizardry and um, get you your returns back. Well, that sounds like a parting thought, but is there anything else that you wanted to say, Chris, before we call it for today's episode? Just reiterate, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, you know, preparing <laughs> for your taxes. Look at all these analogies I'm using. Isn't it great? <laughs> well, now I'm just picturing a baby You're, elephant on, in a marathon. <laughs> your eyes are watering. <laughs> it's, it's adorable. <laughs> it, it's just one of those things. You got to stay on top of it throughout the year. If you stay on top of it, it's really easy. I mean, you should essentially be able to get your accountant everything that they need with you know, maybe a couple more hours of work. If, you, if you've if you waited that whole year and you haven't really done anything, you haven't stayed on top of it, um, it it'll be a nightmare. Duly noted. Uh, I, I will not be having any nightmares next year then. Don't procrastinate on your taxes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chris. And uh, if anybody has any questions, this is a great topic to hit us up on. Uh, go to Facebook search Holland assets. You'll find us pretty easily. 
Same logo as the uh, podcast that you see there on your podcast player. <laughs> uh, go to Holland Assets LLC. You can also comment on the show notes there if you have any questions on this. Now, we're not tax professionals, and so if you have really specific questions, we may refer you to one of those. But, uh, you know, hopefully we can at least point you in the right direction. Right, Chris? Yeah, hopefully this is give you, give you open your eyes a little bit and expanded your, your horizons and uh, give, you, give you some basic knowledge on taxes and preparing for them and... Uh, um, there's going to be some good show notes. I, I've I've listed in the show notes, you know, those same um, things that I said that you need to take to your accountant along with yep. those questions. They're all in there. Um, so go go ahead and take a look at that. And um, hopefully uh, you're not pulling your hair out when you're doing your taxes because you've stayed on top of it. All right. Very good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with episode 40. We'll see you then. See you then, Craig. Okay, anything else we need to go over before we get started? I don't think so. This one should be, I mean, it should be fairly simple. Well, it's taxes. It is taxes, yeah. (laughs) As simple as taxes can be. All right, let's do it. Okay.